Well, hello, and welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we explore money through a spiritual lens. I'm Elle, a certified financial planner and a witchy old soul who just so happens to be going through a spiritual awakening myself. I launched this podcast to provide practical tips for stepping into your own wealth, purpose, and sovereignty as you navigate your own spiritual awakening. I lean on my own experiences in finance to look at money through the lens of energy, spirituality, science, and intuition. You'll gain financial knowledge to step into your soul's highest purpose and prosperity through a combination of episodes focused purely on financial terms, but also we'll explore a variety of spiritual topics as they relate to your money and wealth. If you're ready to step into ease and flow in your financial life and let that ripple across every single aspect of your life, stay tuned. Hi friends, Elle here. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I I also hope that you are excited that Mercury Retrograde is over. I know I am because I have been knocked on my ass the last two months and I'm getting back into a place of ease and flow again with my work and I am recording in my hometown at my mom's house. So if the background looks different, if you're checking out the YouTube recording, that's why. But I have the most lovely guest on this week. She is such an embodied and wise soul out of Toronto. Her name is Artie Jalan and she operates a company called Forage and Sustain. And what I love about her company is it really brings together the concept and the idea of sustainability and conscious living and grounding energy and spiritual ecology into one place. She has a marketplace for curated goods, sustainably sourced goods, but also does so much more in the form of conscious consulting and coaching. And I just love her energy and her ideas about the new paradigm and living a conscious, intentional life that makes positive change in the world around us. Uh, We talk about so much today on the podcast from her awakening story to why she's doing what she's doing to the definition of reciprocity and sustainability and how we can make more conscious choices in our lives. I think you're going to really love this conversation and it's going to inspire you to make small changes in your own life. Well, Artie, thank you so much for coming on the Spiritual Perspective podcast. I've been excited to chat with you for a couple of months. I'm glad we get to finally connect. Um, I would love for you to just, you know, introduce yourself and what you do, and then tell me a little bit more about um, your journey and your spiritual awakening and kind of how you got into this work. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really excited to jump on this podcast with you. So Um, I'm also just really excited that you're asking about the spirituality side of things because I feel like this is kind of the first time I'm really talking about it publicly so it's very exciting to be able to share this. Um, But yeah, for those who don't know, my name is Artie Jalan and I'm the founder of Forage and Sustain, which is a platform dedicated to sustainable and conscious living. And we are kind of diving a bit more deeper into things like spiritual ecology and spiritual guidance now as well. So yeah, just to get right into it, um, I guess if I'm to, you know, share about my awakening journey, 
it's been really interesting because I've been reflecting quite a bit um, lately and I've realized that I thought it had just started a couple years ago, but you know, through journaling, I've realized it actually began, I would say in 15. Um, and it was kind of at a time where I was like at a crossroads with my work and life. And yeah, I was just feeling quite stuck with what I was doing. Um, and so now looking back, I've realized my awakenings kind of come in two phases. So phase one, which was back then, was very much about the self. I felt like I was questioning, you know, my own abilities, where I fit in, what my purpose was, and like what I wanted to do on the planet, because this was right before Forage and Sustain was created. So, you know, I was having a lot of stuff just going completely haywire in my world. Um, so yeah, with that, there was just so much like inner turmoil and confusion and questioning, which obviously eventually led to like a lot of growth and understanding and was born. Um, and then right after the pandemic hit, which was like May 2020, I feel like I had my second phase and I have heard from a lot of people that they also had awakenings around this time, I think on a mass collective it kind of catalyzed a lot for us. But yeah, this time it was more external. Like I felt like I was questioning, you know, what was happening in our world and the, the powers that be, uh, the truth, the things that we were like led to believe. There was just so much happening and going on politically and, and just emotionally as well. So yeah, I've gone through this massive expansion through then. And I feel like even now I'm still up leveling almost weekly and I'm not even the same person that I was a couple months ago. So it's been really fascinating. And I know like you've had similar experiences with this as well. So yeah, I just feel like as a collective, we're all moving further into this space. But yeah, it's it's been a long, a long time coming that I didn't realize. I really just thought it was the past couple of years. But yeah, it's been more like five or six years. So it sounds like it kind of, even though you didn't realize it at the time, that's what catalyzed you starting your business in a way, because you were changing in some way and it, what you were doing before wasn't resonating anymore. Yes, what did exactly. you do before you started your business? So before I was freelance writing and I also had another little business on the side, um, which was like fun. I was designing greeting cards and like selling them on Etsy and it was doing really well. I was in a bunch of stores in Toronto as well, but it just wasn't fulfilling me. And when someone asked what my five-year plan was, like I had nothing to say because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So that's, yeah, it's kind of when I feel like I went into a bit of a dark night of the soul because everything just felt so off and I was just questioning everything. Um, but what I have realized is that looking back now, like all the experiences that I've had, you know, even what I studied at university and like the little jobs that I've had and like internships, almost everything has led me to this space. Um, and in some way I've pulled from all of those experiences and I've learned something profound enough that I feel like I've incorporated it into Forge and Sustain. So kind of just made me think that like nothing that we do is random and in a way, everything we do leads us to like our bigger purpose in life. I believe that too. Even though you don't know it at the time or you feel like what you're doing is insignificant, it, it definitely can lend itself to what you do in the future. You just don't know how it's all going to weave together. And, and looking at your website, I could tell immediately that you're a writer. You know, it's just beautifully written. If you got, you guys need to check out her website. It's beautifully written, beautifully laid out. Just, it's like, a form of art in itself. I can tell oh. that you put a lot of time 
into the website and the writing and just it, your message comes across really clear. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. I discovered <laughs> you on Instagram and your website, but um, yeah, that's really interesting. And so have you shifted your business even since 2020, since you went through your second kind of awakening or is that still in the works? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say before I was kind of focusing more on like brand partnerships and affiliate marketing and kind of helping people make sustainable choices. But if it was kind of like a, the beginning phase, like I was focusing on things like switches, like you could do like reusable straws instead of plastic straws. And, you know, that kind of rhetoric that I felt, I feel now is maybe like great for when you're first starting in sustainability, but now it has gone a bit more deeper to be more encompassing of our relationship with the earth on a whole, because I'm just trying to like show people that how we feel on an internal level is what's happening in our external world as well. Like it's not just about consuming our way to sustainability, like buying all these things and making replacements and then calling it a day, but it's, it's a lot more about the conscious side of things and questioning, you know, like our, our integrity with how we're buying things and why we need to buy things at all, but also just so many concepts like reciprocity and like true kindness and, and spirituality as a whole. Like I really didn't talk about spirituality much before, but I am bringing that into my business quite a bit. And I've started coaching for small businesses as well, which I wasn't doing before. So there has been quite a few changes there. Some of them are still in the works, um, but I just feel like I've been shifting as I've been shifting personally as well. And has your relationship been with like with your business itself and have you had any challenges with that through the years or has it always been like, are you just a magnet magnetic, you know, manifester all the time <laughs> with your business or uh, not quite there yet? <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's definitely challenges with being a solopreneur as well, as I know, you know, it's just, you're wearing like a million hats and it can be very draining. Um, but yeah, I am grateful that I had years of being an entrepreneur, especially before the pandemic hit, because I know so many people that pivoted in 2020 to become an entrepreneur. And that was very scary for a lot of people. So I'm grateful that I kind of had the groundwork already laid before that to, to kind of trust that like, yes, income will be irregular, but it, it kind of works out in the end. And I've actually been like having the best years in my business through the pandemic, which has been really wonderful. So in a way it's like, positive and it's really great but then yeah there's been so many challenges you know supporting small businesses because so many of them are folding and going under as well so just trying to find that that space that we can all kind of coexist in has been a little bit difficult but I guess with the pandemic everything has also kind of moved to online and so that's a huge so well because I started like an online shop just the things that they would buy regularly. And it was just kind of my recommendations. And I started that in May, 2020, right when, you know, it was like critical to pivot to online. So just certain things like that have really helped as well. But yeah, it's uh, navigating the entrepreneurial waters is not easy for sure. Well, no, I think you've done a great job. And I just, in looking at your shop, what I love about it is it, I feel like in, when I'm looking for sustainable products and goods, I just, you know, hop on Google, <laughs> you know, how many results there are. And so it's almost better to know that company from somebody who's, who knows who owns it, you know, which is what I like about your website. You've kind of done the research already. 
And we don't have to do the research for ourselves because I don't have time to sit down and look for sustainable swimsuits. And then you kind of go down the rabbit hole of, is it really sustainable? Because the greenwashing is happening so much on the planet right now. Right. And so I think having a central place like your shop to go and find the good to know that you've already done the research is just really going to take off because more and more people want that. Cause I find myself Google, like looking for specific items all the time, like that are sustainable. And then having to go down that rabbit hole and it just takes forever to, you know, to do the research and, or you end up with a product that's not really sustainable at all. So I completely love everything that you're doing with the shop and I've definitely checked it out. You guys should check it out. It's um pretty neat. You've got everything from jeans to kitchen items, to food, products to it's it's really really amazing so what do you call it the the marketplace yeah it's a marketplace um so you can't actually check out through my website it just takes you to Mm -hmm. um the brand's website but it's basically like a curated list of products like you said that i've tried and tested that are actually sustainable the greenwashing doesn't exist there because that's a huge 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 issue in the sustainability world so i'm yeah just trying to make it easier for both small businesses to find aligned consumers and then for consumers to find businesses that are actually doing the right thing. Um, so kind of being that middle, middle person in between. Mm-hmm. And have you always been into this world, like of, you know, shopping, small business? Like, have you ever had an Amazon subscription? <laughs> I'm not sure how you feel about Amazon and all the big, you know, big companies out there. I'm sure we could you know, have an entire podcast episode about that in itself. <laughs> oh my gosh, we totally could. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely used to be like, you know, shop at H&M Forever 21. That was for sure something that was part of my daily. And I think that was, that's just like how we have been led to believe as a society, but things started to shift. I would say um, a few years ago, actually, even throughout university, I, I studied communications and so many of my professors were like so against the conglomerates and the man. And like, it was just in my head, like even graduating, I was like, I don't want to work for a corporation. It has to be like a startup or a small business. So I've never really gone like the corporate route um, just because I didn't believe in it. And, you know, slowly over the years, things did start to change. Um, And it's something I've advocated with since the birth of Forge and Sustain, like support small businesses has been like my MO since the beginning. Um, And I've never really been someone who's like, uses Amazon a lot. I definitely have. But when I started the shop a couple of years ago, I decided to completely stop using Amazon unless it was like absolutely necessary. Just because, you know, I don't want to give Jeff Bezos any more of my money. But also I from like a values perspective, I just don't feel great about supporting a company that doesn't treat like their lowest paid employee well. And that goes for like Walmart as well. So for me, like supporting small businesses isn't just about reallocating the wealth, but it's also like the way I see it is if we're supporting our local communities and our economies, that wealth gets distributed back into our communities. So it's a way for everyone to thrive and not just, you know, some billionaire far away in a different country. Um, So my whole thing is like shopping locally and bringing the wealth into our little communities um, because if we can create self-sustaining neighborhoods, then we won't have to rely as much on like outside imports and stuff. And we're seeing that with so many of the shortages that are happening right now. Um, you know, it, it's just the way that things used to be. We didn't used to rely on like imports from China or goods made overseas. Everything was very local. And because of that, we were able to sustain our communities and our livelihoods. But now 
you know, you go into a grocery store and if your thing's not stocked because the shipment hasn't come in from wherever, everyone starts to panic. Mm. Um, so I just see it as like a very holistic thing that if we can support locally, then we're thriving as individuals and as a community as well. Of course. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because if we think back, like you said, you know, to back 20, even 30 years ago, people were much less dependent on goods from outside of our country. And also I think used to prices being different. It's almost like we've gotten used to these cheap goods, these cheap inferior goods that, you know, are being created and made with forced slave labor, really child labor. And we don't even think about it. And even in the last 10, 15 years, I mean, H&M and all these companies have just taken over even, you know, big, large corporations like Target, you know, people are getting all of their clothing from there and they're so used to spending so little on clothing. And I, I mean, I feel like obviously everybody's struggling financially at times, but we're just not used to spending a little bit more on nicer things and just having less, you know, there's this concept of having more and more and more or like not never re-wearing an outfit that I just think is such an American. Well, I mean, you're in Canada, so I guess it's in Canada too. It's just a very Westernized concept. Oh yeah. And like, just going off of that, you know, we're at least in the West, so many of us are living in like financial plenty than ever before in the history of the world. So like, just even things like we don't even consider, but like having meat, sugar, fruit, and like, I don't know, more than three outfits to choose from. That was like unheard of years ago, but now it's just become so accessible that we don't even think about it. But at the same time, like we're living in financial plenty and have access to like all of these things. But I would say at least in the West, there's also an uptick of people being like as unhappy as, or like the most unhappy they've ever been. So you know, there's something that's not correlating here. And I just think that the things that we've been fed that like, like finances and purchasing power and all of these things are what is going to create happiness. But, you know, in reality, the things that like really do create happiness are being present and, and socially connected and, and giving back and rest and play and all these things that fuel our purpose and our self-care and our self-love. So, I don't know. I think there, there needs to be a switch because companies like Amazon are just making it so easy with like next day delivery or overnight delivery, whatever it is that we add to cart without even really consciously need this, or is it even mm -hmm. necessary? And because it, we just become like so consumer based that we think, you know, retail therapy or like shopping our way to happiness is the key. The other side of our lives has completely kind of gone off the wagon. Like we're not we're not using the time to think consciously or to, to ground into our beings or any of those things. So yeah, there's, there's a shift. I think it's happening. I can see it with quite a few people, especially in the sustained spirituality world, but I don't know. It needs to happen faster, I guess. Mm, I know. I feel that way. Too. I think there is a big divide. Like it's, I see it more of a divide, like a shift. The people that are experiencing an awakening and even in the last few years are starting to make those small shifts and changes and just becoming conscious of little things like going to the grocery store, like, where does this come from? We're going any store, you know, where is everything that I have in my home come from? Not Marie Kondo, not throwing everything out, but just sort of like, like you, the word curated is really excellent. You know, curating what you have in your life and in your space and getting rid of and not needing more stuff, you know, and even living in smaller spaces, not needing big 
McMansions anymore, you know? So I see that happening, this divide. And then you have the people who are just living completely unconsciously, just consuming more than ever and lack and scarcity. When, like you said, in reality, I mean, I think most people in the Western world are better off than we've ever been, even though it doesn't feel that way because of inflation and, you know, the cost of a lot of things is going up. But if you, if you look at an average, you know, American's budget, it's really interesting to see how much goes to shopping outside of food and your basic needs and your housing. Um, and I hope that that changes over time because I've made a very conscious effort, you know, over the last few years to look at that closely. Cause I realized, wow, like I'm shopping at target and I don't even know what I bought. You know, I spent a hundred dollars on nothing, <laughs> things that I don't need, candles that are not good for the environment or pretty pillows that are not good for the environment that are made in uh, Vietnam or, you know, and so it's just so interesting to go through that shift and start to look at everything in a different way. And like, I just think of back also before like shopping became so accessible that we used to like really treasure the things that we allowed into our home. So yes, in a way it is like Marie Kondo where she, you know, she asks you if these things bring joy, but it's just, it's the consumption and the, the rate of it. Like we need to just lower that and really just spend our money on things that truly make us happy where, you know, the people involved who created the item were fairly treated and, and like, basically it's about fewer, but better things I would say versus hordes of stuff that, like you said, people come home and they're like in an instant, like the effect of it's already worn off. They're not Mm -hmm. excited about all the things that they just bought. So yeah, if we can, like, I, like, I was just encourage people to ask really like probing questions before they add to cart or go out and shop and just questions like even who made this like was it a child how much did they get paid and then even looking at the product and being like what's the lifespan of this product like how many times am I going to actually use it um is it going to reintegrate with the earth or is it going to harm the earth and like what happens to it when it when I'm done with it if we can ask those kinds of questions, I just think automatically we start to think more consciously, consume more con, and eventually consume less because I think we'll realize that we really, really don't need as much as we think we do. Mm-hmm. Just some of the things that I think about now, and I've tried to really be conscious about that when I shop as well. Um, mm-hmm. I love and, those questions. Yeah. Do you have that in a guide format yet? I do. Well, I have my annual holiday gift guide, and so mm-hmm. it's. It's funny because like I, I, um, it's like huge, it's like 80 pages and it's um, all based on categories, but basically the whole point is to show consumers that there are tons of amazing small businesses out there who are doing it right, who are doing it sustainably and just kind of giving them access to that. But I kind of preface the guide with these questions being like the holidays, you know, it's a very consumption heavy time. Here's how to shop more conscious, whether you're shopping for yourself or even for someone else, because we can definitely go overboard with gifts as well. So yeah, I, I kind of put this out every year. Um, so that's wonderful just- because I, I was going to ask about the holidays because that's it's mm. such a time for spending it completely unconscious spending, you know, in my opinion, especially in America around Christmas. And so I love that idea and um, I'm definitely want to check it out. And when do you put it out? Like a few months before the holidays? typically yeah it's usually uh right like the first week of november okay um, just so people like you know they're in the holiday mood they've started shopping and that is available it's for free actually it's it's for anyone so as long as you're on my email list you will get that um 
Hello friends, Elle here. I am so excited to share with you my most accessible offering, Prosperity Circles. I believe financial literacy and manifestation techniques should be accessible to everyone, regardless of your financial status or situation. So beginning March 21st, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, I will be hosting an intimate container for women feeling out of alignment to come together to discuss personal financial struggles. We all know money is a taboo subject in our society. So why not come together in a safe space to share our stories and offer support for others on the journey? During these circles, we will share our stories and struggles, but also I will offer some guidance on how to make shifts and tweaks to overcome any financial challenges you may be facing, whether that be making more money, working through money wounds, switching careers, or setting and sticking to reasonable financial goals. Nothing is too vulnerable here. Every week will be different as we intuitively cover what the group needs and end the circle in a meditation or journaling session. The best part is there's no commitment. Simply sign up weekly at spiritualperspectivepodcast.com slash services. Scroll on to the bottom and you'll see more info. See you in circle. Every year it's different. I like curate it very heavily and like it's it's really wonderful because there's so many small businesses out there who don't have platforms or even like audiences to really share their amazing products with. So this is a nice way to connect the businesses with consumers in a really um, conscious. Wow, I love that idea. That is so amazing. And are you, um, well, actually I want to ask you this. What, can you explain what the idea of reciprocity is? Cause we haven't really talked about that yet. And I, I mean, that keeps coming up in my head and I don't know that everybody's familiar with that. It's on your website. And I just really love that idea as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's something I've definitely leaned into um, in these past couple of years. And it's just such a beautiful concept. And I think it kind of is like a step above just conscious thinking. It's like, this is taking action in a way. So um, I'll just explain it very simply, but if you think about like a circular system, it's powered by what is called the gift economy. So that is like a, this beautiful spiritual exchange interconnecting like all living things and plant matter. So there's no like hierarchy. There's no humans above everyone else. It's kind of like a wheel where we all coexist in this circle. Um, And so with reciprocity values like kindness, reverence, love, respect, and care come into play. And I just think of it like the same penance that define a healthy relationship amongst humans should also come into practice with our natural ecosystems. So it just kind of encourages and ensures a cyclical response to consumption. And when we're thinking that way, there's no way we can't consider like better made goods and things that uplift everyone on the planet, including animals and plant matter. Um, But with saying that, I also don't think that reciprocity just relates to physical consumption. It's also action. So thinking like, how can we give back in meaningful ways, whether that's, you know, taking from traditional practices or indigenous cultures or whatever it is, just thinking about how, how do the things that we buy or the ideas that we support help others and do they at all? So it just is this whole concept that creates a ripple effect. The more that we engage with it, that kind of spreads outside and outwards for the betterment of all. So just constantly thinking like, okay, well, this I did this for myself. How can I do something for someone else? And just giving back 
in the most like it doesn't have to be huge or profound or on a big scale but just something small so that we're not it's not like just me centered it's we centered basically that is beautiful (laughs) I don't know where did you learn that is this like something that you've channeled or did you read a book I'm so curious because I've never heard that term used that way and I just love Mm. it it's kind of like a bit of both. I feel like the gift economy, um, I first heard with um, Robin Wall Kimmerer from her book, Braiding Sweetgrass, which okay. is like my Bible. <laughs> I adore it. Um, but then, yeah, I think once I kind of settled more into the idea, I did, I just got these ideas from my like intuition mm-hmm. um, and sort of built the concept around there. Um, and I, I like to call it like radical reciprocity. And I always think about that, like with businesses how can businesses do that with their clients or with their customers or their audiences but also how can we do that as individuals and really it applies to every interaction not just gifting which is so interesting you know every interaction with other human beings whether it be shopping for them or gifting but it's just yeah it's it's just the scope is so wide it's really beautiful I love that concept and I mean you see that kind of throughout your website that you weave that in everywhere but I also love just the idea that also when you give a gift around the holidays or whenever that is sustainable to actually take the time to explain where it comes from and why you gave the gift too. Cause sometimes people, it may fall flat, you know, and somebody that doesn't really understand sustainability, but it's a really good, um, teaching moment, you know, for other people that, and that maybe hadn't thought about that before. Like I have family members that definitely I've given them gifts like that before. And then they start to catch on that they don't need to go out and purchase a bunch of plastic things for me for Christmas, you know, from Amazon, they figured out that we appreciate the same concept in return. And um, I think it does kind of spread like wildfire Mm -hmm. when people understand it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's kind of really beautiful because I've done the same thing with a lot of friends and family and you see that shift kind of Mm -hmm. coming back around when they gift to you or, or even like with how they gift with other people. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on what you said about, um, with the holidays how people give a lot of like plastic toys especially if you have kids and stuff and I'm just like at a phase where it's like I'd rather give one really amazing gift that was like handmade and and will last a very long time versus like hundreds of little gifts that you often see little kids opening you know on Christmas morning because they think that it's like quantity of quality but it's definitely the opposite here mm-hmm. and it's definitely about quality yeah um so tell me more about your consulting. I know, I mean, I know you have your marketplace and I think you have some workshops and courses, which I'm happy to hear about as well, but tell me more about the consulting piece that you've started recently. Like, how are you weaving this in there? Yeah. So I launched that last year around this time, actually. And basically it's, I call it conscious consulting um, for small businesses, because like I said, I'm very interested in helping small businesses thrive in whatever local community they exist in, um, just to kind of spread the wealth more evenly. So in doing that, I just figured coaching small businesses with anything from social media to idea generation, uh, newsletters, writing, website stuff, like SEO, kind of, it's very multidisciplinary. And I even weave quite a bit of spiritual guidance into that as well. So it's been really fun to have a bunch of different clients and just help them with whatever aspect of, you know, their business they need help with. And like with the spiritual side, it's been so fun just to see, you know, how they interact with it. And even for myself to kind of get more deep into this practice. Um, So basically I'll, 
I'll have a client and we'll talk about whatever their needs are. Like recently I had someone who wanted help with defining their mission a little bit more and their brand messaging and kind of like their elevator pitch. Um, and then at the end of the session, I just channeled um, some spiritual guidance for her. And the messages that come through are, are pretty accurate and profound. And it's always really, really fun um, just to be able to share that with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do it in a business capacity because I just feel like for someone who's living in their purpose, because most small business owners are, um, for them to have some sort of like higher spiritual guidance come in can really help fuel and direct where they put their energy and how they can help their business help other people and the planet. That's beautiful. I love how you kind of blend everything together. It's very similar to kind of what I'm doing with financial planning, you know, blending the two Mm -hmm. energetics of money. And, you know, I think this is just, you're such a perfect person to have on the podcast because when we think about money and finance, it goes so far beyond just dollars and cents, but it's about this. It's about, you know, making conscious choices and living more consciously. And um, I think we all have the tools and the resources. We just don't realize it. You know, we, we, we want to shift. We just need to shift the resources. We don't necessarily need more. We may think we do. We often just need to make that shift. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, so in your spiritual awakening, are you, I guess, since you're fairly new, are you, do you, have you ever worked with a coach or a mentor? Are you kind of self-taught? Are you channeling? Are you communicating with your guides or tell me more about that meditation? I mean, there's so many different modalities and ways that people connect. I'd love to hear more about how, how your personal practices and how you do that. Yeah, it's been interesting actually, because about, I think it was 10 years ago now. Yeah, I took this course, it's called the Silva Method. Some people are familiar with it. Um, And it's just funny because I took it with uh, this couple that teaches it and they've been teaching it for years. And my mom and dad actually had taken it when my mom was pregnant with me. So it's just crazy that like, you know, I think I was 24 at the time. So like 24 years later, here I was taking the same course with the same teachers. Um, And it was really what started my my like journey into a deeper spiritual practice like I think it's always been a part of me just growing up with Indian parents it kind of comes with the territory but mm-hmm. for me to really take it sort of out of a religious context and more into a spiritual context this was what started it um so I, I used to practice quite often and then there was a few years where I st- sort of stopped and then the past couple of years I've really gotten more deeper into it so there's the Silva method, there's um, the Akashic records, which I've been playing around with recently. And I, it's really, really fun. Um, like deep meditation. Um, and I, I kind of have my own, I guess, like custom spiritual practice in a way where I just feel like I'm able to, I guess, channel. Yeah, I, I can connect with other people's spirit guides, including my own. And just coming from that deep intuition, um, I just get these messages. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of playing around with it and, and seeing what sticks, you know, like I'm a manifesting generator. So I, I do just switch things up quite often. Okay. Um, so you're into, I was going to ask you if you were into astrology or human design, that's interesting. So you're a yeah. manifesting generator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's also been new ish for me. I've been learning a lot more about like what that entails and, you know, the personality types and all that, that comes out of it. It's been so, so interesting. So yeah, I kind of, I feel like I've been just playing around with a bunch of different things, seeing what sticks. And I think the thing that stuck the deepest is just my own custom one, which is nice to know, because I think we all have the tools that we need within us. And once we can really like settle into that and tap into it and trust it, um, that's usually what gives you like the most guidance and accuracy and 
Um, so it's different for yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's really it different is. for everyone. I like to hear how people connect in that way. And um, I'm similar, you know, in that with that, but it's harder for me to tap into other people's energy. Um, but mm. you know, some people it just comes more naturally than others. Everyone's so different in that. So I love to hear that. Um, so have you found so you found human design to be helpful as well in your business and and just running everything. Yeah, I'm a projector. So I um, need a lot of rest, rest and recovery in between working, which I'm still learning about myself. But um, yeah, it's like a whole interesting world out there with human design and then also astrology. So mm -hmm. I'm into the same things. Um, very cool. Well, what else would you like to share? Um, I know you have a lot on your website about also about social change. I noticed, I mean, not, it's not just about environmentalism. Um, and sustainability. So tell me more about that. It sounds like you're an you're a immigrant or, or a daughter of immigrants. Is that right? Yeah, I was born here. Yeah, but my parents immigrated like 40 years ago or something. Um, so yeah, I think that's part of it. And that's kind of a shift I've been making just this year. Because um, kind of like I was saying, the past few years with Forage, I've really focused on like environmental change and plastic over, you know, other materials. And that's been like great for laying that foundation but now I'm just kind of moving more towards social change because in my mind like that is the quickest way to see change in our communities and and it's the quickest way to see us thrive so it kind of feeds back into the idea of reciprocity but basically instead of just thinking of the self thinking about the community at large um, and there's like this moving or a growing concept that you know, self-care is community care and vice versa. And I've, I've really been leaning into that as well because I just find that, you know, if we can take care of the people in our communities, we're not only taking care of ourselves, but it kind of goes back to that, the village idea where, you know, everyone's in it together. And I think, especially with COVID, but just in general, so many people are feeling so isolated, especially like new moms, not having support or just people in general. So kind of coming back to that idea of like neighbor uh, relationships and like really looking at communities as a place of um, like, like a family, I guess. And just if we, I just have this idea that if we can take care of our immediate communities, that will create a ripple effect that kind of goes outwards. And that's the way to make like everyone thrive. And it's the way to raise the consciousness of the planet. Um, so like, in my mind, I just feel like it's, it can be a lot more easier than thinking about like, oh, like how can we remove all the plastic in the world? Because there's so many steps to that. But for this, it's like, you can easily go stock a community fridge and make sure that a few families get to eat that day. And that is immediate impact and immediate change that you are making by not having to like go through lobbyists and, you know, government officials or anything. This is a very easy change that we can do. So just thinking about things like that more like, maybe like planting community gardens or, mm. or just things that can help people thrive. And um, like an example is like, I had a friend who, I think this was like 2021, um, when everything was going to online learning, she was living in a community where a lot of people didn't have access to laptops. And like, maybe there was multiple children in the home, but only one laptop. So how could they all be learning online? So she just in her community, like on her street, really, right, uh, started a fundraiser. And she was able to get, I think, something like 50 laptops for like all these children. So like, that is such a small thing that she did, but it had such a massive impact and it helped so many people. 
So in my mind, environmental sustainability is wonderful, but social sustainability really does help people rise up a lot quicker mm-hmm. and has, I think, a far bigger impact um, in the immediate. I agree. I think it's it's one of those things that, again, our culture doesn't embrace enough. We're, we're too busy getting caught up in the politics of what's going on in the world sometimes or you know, speaking out about things, which is great, but you can also do so much on a local level. And I do think there's, again, that divide happening where, especially with COVID, where you've got people that are going through a massive awakening that are really working to create these communities on a global scale. Um, And my husband and I are in that boat. We moved from our hometown to a small, more rural, like farming-based community, um, very progressive, like in the mountains of Virginia in the United States. For that reason, it was surrounded by local farms, CSAs, tons of local businesses where we felt like we could make more of an impact and get to know our neighbors and, you know, live a little bit more off the land, live more sustainably. You know, we bought a 10-acre farm and just, I think there's so many people that are experiencing that. They want to be a part of something like that, where they know all of their neighbors and they're able to contribute in some way to that community versus just consuming and, you know, sending the kids to schools where you have no control over what's happening with them. You just have no control over anything, really. It's just, it makes such an impact when you can know your neighbors and just see the impact that you're having on a local scale and that we've lost that somehow over the last mm-hmm. you know, 50 years, I feel. So it, it seems to be more and more people are awakening to this and coming back to that, which I think is really beautiful. And I do think from an economic standpoint and financial standpoint, yes, it makes such more, much more of an impact than environmentalism does, you know, because yeah. these families are feeling that direct impact. And we have a lot of refugees from, um, Afghanistan and Syria coming into our area. And it's just amazing to see them be so embraced by everyone rather than um, criticized, which happens in some areas of the country. You know, here, I'm not sure if it's like that in Canada, but they've been really embraced and um, I guess incorporated into the community as members of the community and started their own businesses and they're doing wonderfully. So I love seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. We have similar stories here and it's so beautiful. And I, I just think also like people coming from those kinds of communities, including my parents, you know, this was 40 years ago, but in in countries like that, um, community care and neighborly um, activities and all that kind of stuff, that's so common. But here it's very like individualistic, but you know, there it's very much about the collective. So it's nice to see kind of those ideas and ways of being being adopted back into our culture here um, and Mm -hmm. And also like uplifting like indigenous voices, which have been, you know, the people who have been doing this since the beginning of time. So yeah, I I think there's positive change happening. It's maybe a little bit slowly, Mm -hmm. slow, but um, I think a lot of people are, are like looking to change. And, you know, like a couple of months ago, I asked on my Instagram, like what someone's like, I just asked like, um, like an open kind of thing, asking what people's ideal life or lifestyle look like and I couldn't believe how many people said they just wanted to like move to a like have a farm or like some sort of farmstead and Mm -hmm. live off the land and yeah just live in a small community like it blew my mind how many people actually want that so I think that's very intrinsic to who we are as humans and how we've always lived and yeah it's coming back Mm -hmm. I think we're remembering you know in a way so like the veil has been lifted people are remembering how 
humanity is meant to live and these we're not meant to be mothering alone in a home in a city with no neighbors that we don't know you know <laughs> we're just not I mean I get that there are people that do that and they are happy but that I think fundamentally like there's something missing there when when we don't have the support mm-hmm. and from a financial perspective too you know we're taught at least in the States, I don't know if it's like this in Canada to be hyper independent. Like we have to be working our entire childhoods to um, make something of ourselves, you know, and be independent as soon as possible and get out of the house at 18. And, you know, I think that's done a lot of damage to a lot of youth, including myself, because I was one of those people, you know, and um, it's just, you see how other cultures and other communities across the world raise children and families and just how they, treat money and wealth and it's largely um shared which is not the case here and it's just I think it's such a better system so it's it's very encouraging to see you promoting those same ideals and I think clearly you know it's having an impact because you've got a lot of people um on your you know email list and your Instagram and all of your follow where else can you we find you besides Instagram and emails that are your, those are your two main places or yeah those are okay um I have a Facebook group but to be honest I I haven't really done much with it so I would say Instagram and yeah the email and the website and I also am on Pinterest as well in case I'm okay Pinterest yeah Pinterest is still a a popular place to be I think it is I I could spend all day on there oh my gosh (laughs) I know the rabbit holes Uh exactly Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, you know, your story and um, your beliefs. I just love everything you're doing. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people um, because it just bridges, you know, the gap between consumerism and then spirituality and just, you know, the collective desire to live more in a communal way. So I know my um, community will enjoy hearing you. And um, if you'd like to share your website here or anything else, feel free to share. And um, I'm sure people will, will reach out to you. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been such a lovely chat. Um, and yes, you can find me at forageandsustain.com. And my Instagram is also uh, at forageandsustain. Wow, that conversation was truly medicine for the soul. There was so much insight in Artie's words and what Artie shared and channeled today. I feel so lovely after having that conversation. How about you? Make sure you check out her website, check out what she's doing because it is phenomenal. And I am so looking forward to checking out her conscious gift guide later this year before the holidays. If you liked and enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate a like, a share, a subscribe, and especially a review of the podcast because as you guys know, it's growing and other people need to hear this medicine to make conscious change in the world. Cheers. Cheers.